I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today with us for a second time, we have Gautam Ji. If you haven't heard the first episode, please go and make sure you listen to it because we are going to be talking about how Vedanta can play a role in our lives today and what are the kinds of problems that we are facing in today's day and age. In the previous episode, we spoke about what is Vedanta. We understood the guiding principles behind Vedanta and what is the foundation behind the life that we can lead, the perfect life that we can lead. So today we're going to be deep diving into the various issues, three in particular. We're going to be talking about stress, relationships, and we're going to be talking about work. So let's dive into it. So Gautam Ji, welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thank you. So Gautam Ji, you know, this whole concept of stress is something that is very, very easily used nowadays, right? You ask somebody, how's life? Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I'm so stressed. This word is used all over the place. What is stress and what is the way Vedanta understands it? See, first of all, the way to understand stress, which nobody really has even thought about, forget about understand, is that stress is internal. It's not external. See, as we were discussing the last episode, which we recorded, right? Towards the end, I was explaining to you, everybody believes that it is the external world which causes stress. It is not the external world. It is how you relate to it. It's your mind which produces the stress. So remember, we spoke about the cigarette, right? Mm -hmm. The cigarette is the same object. It's giving stress to one, but it's giving pleasure to another person. So how can you say cigarette causes stress? If cigarette had stress inherent in it, what would happen? Everybody should get stressed out. Like the lady we spoke about, one person wants to divorce her. She's giving him stress. Another person wants to marry her. She's giving him happiness. It's not the person. It's how you relate. So the first thing we have to understand is it is our own mind which produces the stress. The minute you understand that, half your problem will be solved because you know where to tackle the issue. It is not the world which gives you stress, but how you relate to it, right? So the minute you understand that, that it is my mind which is producing the stress, not the external world, you're halfway there. That's what I was trying to explain. But at least you know where the problem is. See, it's like, I'll give an example for people to understand stress, right? Imagine there's a smell in the room and you come in and say, what kind of a bad smell there is? And you come and put a spray, perfume spray, and it goes away. Ha, ah, it's fine. And after a day, again, it comes back. So you go to the store and you say, that spray you gave me, it doesn't work. Say, okay, oh, take this. This is a new, improved version, imported version spray. This will work better. You spray it. It works for two days. Smell comes back. So what is the problem? The problem is there's a dead rat under your sofa, under your couch. Now, you see what I'm saying? This is what how people deal with stress. They don't understand where the problem is. They just try and camouflage the problem. This is the spray. So once you know that this dead rat is causing the smell, you're done. Similarly, once you know that it's your own mind, it's not the world. So what is everybody doing? See, I was having, I was talking on stress in a medical conference here in New York. This is many years ago. And I was one speaker and they're all looking at me funny, you know, where this guy dressed up because the other speaker was a big doctor and, uh, you know, highly regarded. And he spoke first on stress management. How can we help physicians with stress? You know what his solutions are? Cut down your hours, 
Mm-hmm. And Friday and every Wednesday afternoon, you must take off to golf. You actually said that, <laughs> and they all clapping. Ah, we want this. Is, and you know what I told? First thing I said is, if you cannot find happiness in work, mm. you will never find it by escaping from work. Mm. Wow. So so you you find you and Friday afternoon you feel good, right? I'm not stressed. Monday morning, what happens? Again, it comes back. So you're not dealing with the problem. the problem is your own mind that is what is causing the stress so first understand it's not the world it's your mind which causes the stress and then you're well on your way to handling it you got it mm-hmm. is there an aspect of the mind in particular that leads to stress behaviors see what happens with the mind is now the mind has fixed likes and dislikes right you like summer you don't like winter i'm giving a very simple example mm. but the world is not just summer right so the world is a constant flux of change mm. so summer goes which has happened here now in new york and winter has come and everybody stressed out it's cold it's cold it's cold right so the world is a constant flux of change your likes and dislikes are the same there'll always be stress so unless you control your likes and dislikes and how do you control it i told you you have to use your intellect the world will be changing this is how you handle stress see a very simple way to handle stress is use your existing intellect and start assessing the nature of things and people around you this helps you deal with stress i'm giving a practical down to earth way to do it right now hmm. see for example like i gave example of the weather right hmm. nobody asked me to live in new york now i decide to live here i must understand winter will be freezing you'll be cold now why be stressed out about it so if you don't assess you have unreasonable expectation and unreasonable expectations give rise to stress so once you start assessing you have reasonable expectations you have to assess everything hmm. see the simple example is uh, assessing the nature of like i said the weather the economy the people you work with assess everything develop reasonable expectation you will not be stressed winter will be cold summer will be hot and you are in mumbai right everybody complains mm-hmm. about the traffic oh my god it took me 2 hours to go 2 miles right now who has to live in mumbai man hmm? you you want you live in mumbai with 20 million more people there will be traffic finished so you must assess and once you assess i will be stuck in traffic there's no way out of it. no problem but you don't assess you want mumbai traffic to be like a uh, village in uh, village outside it will not happen right mm-hmm. so it's not about not having expectation have reasonable expectation reasonable how can you not have expectation you can't live if you don't have expectation mm-hmm. but they should be governed by the intellect mm-hmm. yeah because so many people say that oh i don't expect anything oh i don't expect anything and go try going down that route but it's not possible right you lose your sense of living not possible at all but you have to use your intellect and understand reasonable expectations hmm. so understand what are the expectations that you have understand what your likes and dislikes are question these things so you have a pathway of understanding what is going to stress you or what is not is that the way that you would break this up and see yeah uh, this is the way you do it and i'll explain it again coming to your second thing you wanted to ask about relationships right let's, let's relate to that because then it becomes easy this whole uh, principle because for most people 
if not all the biggest stressor is their relationship mm-hmm. right relationship mm-hmm. with your boss relationship with your employee relationship with your spouse with your children disaster everywhere constant stress now apply the same principle mm-hmm. you're married ashton separated separate okay mm-hmm. now any any relationship okay let's say you're you're married now a person comes to me if you had come to me before the separation maybe you wouldn't have been separated now what vedanta happened after the separation now what to do vedanta happened after the separation it <laughs> is something good happened right okay. so a guy comes and says this actually happened so many times you know i everything is perfect in my relationship but is one problem i can't stand this tendency about the person right now see this is called total lack of assessment before any relationship marriage is a typical example you must assess no two people are the same is it possible you like cricket your wife likes tennis you can't say why that's it it's different you like chinese food she likes thai food no you can't say i like chinese why don't you like chinese no i don't like it that's it so like that there are millions of things you know now in the cars even the driver side temperature is control and the and the passenger side is different right because yeah. the cars manufacturers came to know everybody is fighting all the time it's too cold so they gave each one a different uh, you can't say why you feel cold or why do you feel hot so it's like that like that you multiply there are millions of things and that's why you get stressed out so if you assess and how do you assess how you assess is by analyzing what are the vasanas of the person vasana means your inherent nature see for example a musician has a inherent nature of music he's got vasanas for music so the vasanas for music manifest as thoughts of music desire for music he will be playing music right so same thing with everything you can't say why that is their nature so a guy comes to me and says you know my wife nags me too much i explain this she has got vasanas for nagging you man her desire is to nag you she will be nagging you so you must assess that and when you go home and the nagging starts what should you do i am in the right house i have come home man huh? i am in the right house where's the problem see she has a nagging problem you have a temper problem she has to understand that about you each one has their nature so once you understand their nature it's a beautiful thing no problem in the relationship see there was a great swami in this country nobody knows of him his name was swami ramatirtha he lectured in england in america in 1902 in fact he from his works is where my guru got most of his inspiration and knowledge mm-hmm. and ramatirtha used to give a statement when people were stressed he says all grumbling in this world is tantamount to oh why is the lily not an oak you want a lily flower to be an oak tree it can never happen you want a tiger to behave like a lamb is it possible similarly you expecting your wife not to nag you expecting your husband not to lose his temper you expecting your children to be disciplined it will not happen you must assess each person's nature and have reasonable expectations you will not be stressed so use this this is how you deal with relationships understand their nature leave them alone the problem with relationships is you constantly expect them to cater to your demands it will not happen you need to leave them alone assess that they are different leave them alone same thing with your children 
constantly sitting on their head morning noon night do this don't do this you want them to behave in a particular way this is the problem you get it mm-hmm. very interesting we're going to take a quick break see you on the other side welcome back all right let's jump into the conversation this is only about stress and relationships are there other guiding principles for relationships in in vedanta no no relationships this is the main principle the principle is you must assess the nature of the person and not impose your nature on them this is the fundamental guiding principle if you do this there's no problem at all and how do you assess the nature by using your intellect see how how do you assess the nature of a tiger you know by observation and analysis a tiger is ferocious you don't go near a tiger but you can go near a deer you know they are meek and mild right so by observation and analysis you assess this is the nature of this person see the problem is you know i i know couples who've been married literally 50 years and they have been fighting about the same thing for the last 50 years mm. you eat too much you eat too much you eat too much you drink too much you drink too much you talk too much you talk right? see einstein says the one other beautiful quote he says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result mm-hmm. this is insanity you do the same thing you keep telling them don't eat don't eat don't eat much and one day you expect they won't eat this is insanity so people change when they want to change not when you want them to change if you understand this much in your relationships you don't need any other principle what principle you are talking mm-hmm. you read a fat book on relationship nothing will help you just <laughs> understand this much understand that they are different leave them alone beautiful and the second thing you said about relationships you said principle second principle is any relationship should be based on duties not rights now it is all rights you are my wife what are you supposed to do for me you are my husband this is what you are supposed to do for me nobody thinks in terms of duty what is my duty as a husband what is my duty as a wife so the principle in relationships is duties not rights and assessment and leaving them alone see kalil gibran says marriage is like a temple resting on two pillars you know hmm. if they come too close the temple will collapse hmm. see you need to give the person the right distance means let them live their life don't be on their head all the time they like chinese you like thai leave them alone let them eat chinese okay. can you define duties for us duties is again your intellectual assessment of what ought to be done in a relationship right see for example your parents took care of you when you were invalid till the time you were an adult they took care of you and now when they are invalid old age you want to put them in a home what kind of a duty is this so it's your duty to take care of them because they took care of you so it's your duty is nothing but what ought to be done mm. which comes with your intellectual understanding otherwise you just go with your mind i don't it's inconvenient so mm. let them go where they go you know see yesterday i was told very sad a person i knew uh, roaring business and all and she's uh, children have stopped uh, de- dealing with her they just put her in a home and taken her wealth and all unbelievable here in the us mm. she's bitter and complaining uh, you must understand when there are no duties this will all happen mm. 
the sense of duties, the idea of, and especially so in today's day and age, and everyone's just talking about this is my right, this is my right, this mm. is my right. You know, it's almost like a hak hai. It's it's bound to be my no, but there is a certain give and take that's supposed to take place, and I think that is what the principle of duty. Your duty to me, my duty to you. This is what our country was founded on: is this sense of duties. Till then, it was there was harmony and peace. Minute it goes on rights, there is constant agitation. Mm. See, I was talking to a CEO here, one of my students. He had just sold his, uh, his stake in a company, you know, and his company was owned by these private equity guys who were selling to another private equity. And he had a big stake. He was a founder, sort of. He was telling me on the call to discuss the sale, there were three parties, him, his owners, and the people who were buying, right? Mm. He says there were 20 lawyers on the call. Three of them and 20 lawyers. Two lawyers he had to take. Another uh, 10 lawyers for his company. Another 10 lawyers for the... See, this is the whole problem. Each one is trying to extract from the other. Mm. Nobody thinks in terms of how I can help. How? What is my duty? Therefore, there's constant agitation, disharmony in society. And it's so interesting, especially when we might be going a little off topic, but the whole idea is that when we give, right, when we do our duty, in our mind, it also comes with an expectation. Mm-hmm. That I have done my duty. Now it's your turn to, time to do yours. Right? That, and is that's, not duty. that is called business. Okay. I have done my, I have given you this. Now you give me this. This is not okay. duty. Mm-hmm. Duty is always one side. And before we end, because I think we're running out of time now, uh, you had also asked about professional, work. correct? Professional, right? Now, the biggest problem in the work field is because you don't have a control over your mind, the mind is constantly wandering. See, the mind has a tendency to wander. It goes into worries of the past and anxiety for the future. So you're not able to concentrate because the intellect is not strong. And that is why people are not productive or successful. It's because of lack of concentration. See, I told you, I speak to these CEO groups like YPO and all, all the time. And I ask them in the lectures, you know, you guys are in the office 10 hours a day. How much of the time are you actually working? When your mind is not in the past or the future, it's on the present job. And they tell me 30, 40% at most. See, each one is working 30, 40% of the capacity. So you've got to work on your intellect. Otherwise, you're never productive. And not only are you not productive, this is what makes you tired. Why you're tired is not your work. You're tired because your mind is wandering all the time. That fatigues you. The simple proof is children are never tired. Have you seen a four-year-old child saying, I'm so tired, give me some coffee. They are effervescing with energy, right? Even though you're physically much stronger than them, you're tired. Because Mm. children have no worries of the past, no anxiety for the future. Their mind is in the present. Therefore, they're full of energy. All adults are tired. See, on Friday, you call anybody here in America. How are you doing? You know what you hear? Hmm. Hmm? I'm hanging in there. Hmm? <laughs> what do you mean I'm hanging in there? Hanging in there means ah, it's Friday. One more day of this, I'm going to die, man. Hmm? Uh, they, they're literally hanging in there because Correct. waiting for the weekend. Same thing must be happening there now. In uh, India, waiting to get the out of The funny thing is that on Sunday, people are not enjoying the Sunday because they're worried Monday is coming next. Monday, see? Mm-hmm. There See, you the go. whole madness going on. The whole world is like that. Forget India, America. So why? Because you have no control over your mind. If your mind is in the present, you enjoy every moment. 
So I'll end with this statement. If you cannot find happiness in your work, you will never find it by running away from work. If you can't find happiness in work, you'll never find it by running. And everybody is looking for happiness by running away from work. Mm. You're looking for the end of the day. You're looking for the weekend. And you're always looking for vacation, end of the year. When are we going? Where are we going on vacation? Mm. Why? See, my guru is 94. And people often ask him, you're 94, Swamiji. How, how is it that you are still working and all? My guru, Swami Parthasarthi, I told you. And his answer is always same. No worries of the past. No anxiety for the future. You can work till the day you die. Mm-hmm. Now the people here, I spoke, I was speaking to a guy here, one of my student sons, you know, he's 25. I asked him, what is your goal in life? By 40, I should be able to retire. Mm-hmm. Their life goal is that. They don't want to work. Where is that and where is uh, my guru? 94. Mm-hmm. See, I told you about Swami Ramatita, right? He said, mm-hmm. somebody asked him in San Francisco about peace. Swami, he says, how do you find peace? How do you find rest, mental rest? You know, he said, intense work is rest. Wow. Intense work is rest. So you should enjoy doing. But to do that, you have to develop your intellect, keep your mind in the present. Hmm. And your work will be a magnificent success. Beautiful. Got it? Absolutely. Loved it. Kothamji, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach podcast and sharing this with us. I would love to have further discussions with you whenever in the future, whenever we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And as I told you in the first uh, episode, uh, people who are interested in the US to learn what we do, it's VedantaUSA.org. And anywhere else in the world is VedantaWorld.org. VedantaUSA.org or VedantaWorld.org. Very simple. Perfect. Superb. Do check it out. It made a big difference to my life and I hope it does for you as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. So start these habits and share with us your progress using the hashtag TheHabitCoach. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called AWESOME180. That's Awesome180.